Hello and welcome to this edition of the Matt Adams Podcast, coming to you semi-live from the southeast side of Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Matt Adams, alongside special correspondent, Ann Adams. We're back! We took a little bit of a sabbatical. I don't think it was really intentional. I think, it was an unintentional yeah, sabbatical. <laughs> it, it's kind of one of those things, Christmas uh, creeps up on you, and then, you know, you're doing stuff. And well, and unfortunately, due to the holidays, not to be morbid, but we did have a big spike in COVID deaths. Yeah, so that did. meant a lot of work for Anne. And it's just been, yeah, it's been hard to. Yeah, and I, I've been working at home for together. more than uh, like almost two months now again. So let's just say that the podcast sort of lost its luster for a little bit, but we're happy to be back, aren't we? Yeah, we are very happy. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks, getting, uh, getting things back and going and we got a lot to catch up on. Um, I mean, goodness, uh, happy new year, Merry Christmas, uh, <laughs> all the other holidays, uh, you want to do. We missed, uh, doing a 2021 podcast. We didn't do, uh, while there is a, uh, blog on the Studica Selects, we didn't do a year in review podcast. We're not going to do a year in review podcast on this one. We're going to try to look ahead, look back real quick at some of the stuff over the last few months. And then kind of just talk about what's going on. But you are going to put a link for our gentle viewers in the podcast. Yes, right? I will put okay. a link to the study because selects 2020 in the podcast description. If I were on YouTube, I would point at the bottom of the screen or the top of the screen, which I'm doing anyway, but it's a podcast, so you can't really <laughs> see that. Well, it's okay. It's kind of, I always imagined like it would be kind of weird. It'd be like, how did those, how did the people like the weather, like the weather people do it like i would it would take a while to get used to the you gotta, fact you gotta that, get used to it because you're seeing uh kind of a mirror image of yourself yeah you i wonder to, if it's the same like with the podcast like with the podcast and the youtube things like telling people to like click like how do you know that you're right above it and not like your fingers in it i i think with the youtube stuff i think you have a little bit of I think you can place like labels and stuff like that, oh. and so you can kind of generally know that it's going to be in the lower left hand. So could corner. you put it anywhere on your screen, like on your face, or I I don't know, but I think you do oh, have a okay. little bit of freedom on where that stuff goes and where they're going to embed like uh, videos that are related or mm. you know uh, a subscription link or the little bell or whatever. I think you can kind of determine where that stuff goes. Gotcha. So, um, but yeah, you, you do kind of wonder that, but yeah, with the weather stuff, it, you know, I'm sure it's, uh, when you try to do it at first, it's very disorienting and then you just kind of, you kind of get used to, you know, watching yourself in this kind of mirror, uh, through the monitors to see, you know, that even though behind you is green, uh, on the screen, you know, you've got temperatures and sun and snow and all that stuff. Speaking of snow, we had a pretty, uh, pretty big snowstorm last week. And we're glad that uh, pretty much, uh, not all traces, but most traces of the snow are gone. And uh, our dog Howard is very happy for that. Uh, this week was the first time in several weeks that we were able to take him outdoors without a sweatshirt or a little shirt or something like that. Oh, yeah. Just the harness and the leash, and he is extremely happy He about loves that. it. He's a little sun bunny. He's kind of like our neighbor, Chris. He loves it when it's like... In that sweet spot between like 70 and 80. He loves that weather. 
Yeah, it. and he's did not like the winter time we had. Uh, he did a good job getting out. We're not going to say that he did a, a poor job because he went out well, when he needed yeah, to go for out. A chihuahua and a little dog. I mean, given that the first year we got him, he was like, uh, "No, thank you," mm-hmm. and was very stubborn. Yeah. He has been such a good boy about going out in the winter, yeah. he, especially with. I think he stays pretty warm in his little jogging mm-hmm. suits. Yes. So that was a good find, Dad. And yeah, of course, yeah. Dad insisted that we get multiple colors. <laughs> you know what? I, I was going to buy another one, and I'm wondering if uh, – we'll see. I'll, I'll check in the next you know week or so. But I'm wondering if the place that made those got trademarked disputed by Adidas because oh, the, yeah. they are they are no longer on the Amazon store. Really? Mm-hmm. I went to past orders um, so that I could easily – well, I searched for – usually if you search Adidog on Amazon, there's a few options that come up, and the ones that I got him came, came up. This time they did in a search, so I went back in my search history of the orders and went to the same link, and it's like, we're sorry, this product isn't well, here. We're yeah, sorry. That a D dog, which that's the name of the product, if you didn't catch that. That's what they had. The I forget what the manufacturer is, but, but it looks like the Adidas mm-hmm. symbol, only yep. it says a D dog. And instead of the little stripes, they're bones. And you kind of wonder, like, you kind of wondered if that was, you know, a little too. Yeah, but I mean, but, people do parody logos for stuff all the time. Yeah. You know, like the North Face has like the North Butt or the South Butt Maybe or whatever. Maybe they're just doing so well that they thought, well, it's too close. It, it could be. I mean, and I don't know how big that company is. And and I, don't need, I don't even on... know. I want to be clear. I don't even know if there is a copyright dispute. Well. I'm just, if... I'm making an assumption. And you never know. It could be depending on how much money they're making too. Yeah. So. But I imagine they're not a very big company, but I do know no. that there were articles in October about like how well those things were selling because I was doing a search because I get curious about these things. He and, gets very curious. Um, they were featured in several, like, Yahoo and several big online publications about this is the one of the big selling items on Amazon, and it could be that that got the attention of Adidas and that they're not being sold anymore. Or could be temporarily out of stock. Maybe demand's too much and they couldn't make them anymore, so they pulled them off the store temporarily. I don't know. But anyway, I was going to buy Howard another one because he's got a green one, he's got a yellow one, and he's got a blue one. And I thought he needed an orange one or a black one or a red one. And um, those are no longer available. There's a baby blue one. That would be kind of sweet, too. That would be cute. For him. Um, So the thing is, you kind of want to get the same brand because we know that the large fits him. Like, we've found out that it's got the four buttons. It fits him pretty good. There, there are some that, imitations out there, but I don't know if they'll fit as well. You would think that he's a small dog, it it will fit. Like, you get, like, a small and it'll fit. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we had a hard time. The hard part is that he's a dachshund, mm-hmm. and those are hard to fit anyway. Yeah, he's got a bit of a barrel a, chest. He's a chihuahua, so it's like, he's small, but he's not so small. Like, he's 15 pounds, yeah. so... And uh, who knew the the winter? I do believe that I'm not a psychologist, but or a psychiatrist, but I do believe that Howard has a little bit of seasonal affective disorder. Oh, yeah, especially after that big snow we had, and he was like completely walled in and he walked out after we had that snow. He just kept looking around, what's going on? Because he's trying to to find a place to use the bathroom out there, and everywhere he turns, it's like his living nightmare. There's just a a mound of snow that's twice his height out there. 
And he'll actually go in snow, but this was like literally this was, yeah, this was ridiculous. too deep for him to We walk got in. about 10 inches here. Uh, where Now, some people here in the state got it larger amounts. Some people got smaller amounts. People in the Northeast and in Chicago, they got, you know, considerably more. But that's a lot of snow here for Indianapolis. And um, Howard did not like it. And no. and we, we got him out um, the day of the snowstorm. We got him outside uh, before it really started to hit. And he did get and go and use the restroom. And then we thought, well, maybe there will be a little bit of a law in the storm about 7 or 8 o'clock, which is usually the time we take him out in the evenings. So we did go out the door and we got about two steps out on the sidewalk and we're like the snow's deeper than Howard um there's no way nothing had been shoveled nothing been shoveled it was awful yeah so kudos to our homeowners association because literally the next day Howard woke us up barking because the guys were out there in their little in the morning their little cat out there shoveling Yep, getting the driveway, the getting snow. our sidewalk. I mean, thank you. I mean, we, we pay a monthly fee, a maintenance yeah. fee, so that's where that money goes. Uh, but we're definitely grateful for it. I did not think there was a snowball's chance in Indianapolis <laughs> that Ann would be able to go to work the next Me day. Me neither. Not unless um, we got dug out. Because we, we live in a condo complex, and we're not high priority. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of people that live here obviously are not working people. A lot of them are older people. Retired. They're just going to stay hunkered down, and they'll get to us when they get to us. But they actually got to us the day after. Usually, we're delayed by about a day. Mm-hmm. Usually, when we have a big snowstorm, we'll get dug out not the day after, but the day after the day after. Yeah. And um, But they, they came the very next day, n- next morning, and got our sidewalk and got the driveway done. So Anne was able to get out of the car. And then after that, it was kind of an adventure uh, for her to get to work. I worked from home, and it was a long day from work from home because there was a lot to cover. I got up early in the morning to help and uh, on, the, on the news side of things where I work. But uh, we're glad that uh, there's still mounds of snow oh, here yeah. and there. Uh, because we had so much, but most of it is thankfully gone. And it didn't flood. We didn't yep, flood nope, as didn't bad flood. as people had sort of anticipated. So It's still gross. The, it's wet. It's wet. Yeah. The ground's mushy and muddy. and um, But we'll take that over, you know, having 10 inches of snow on the ground. And, yeah. you know. Um, but anyway, we, we did have Howard put on a little bit of anxiety medicine. Um, just to kind of get him through the next couple of weeks, I think. Uh, because at night, one thing we've been noticing is if Ann goes to bed before me and I go upstairs and, and Howard's up with Ann, uh, if I approach the bed, he gets very defensive protective. We're not sure if he can't see me very well, if he's not extremely alert at the moment or what, but like he's growling, snarling, yeah. and he didn't really... We had him do that when I was working 4 o'clock in the morning, and... I understood that because it's kind of in the middle of your sleep cycle. He, he didn't know up. what's going on. I, I understood that, but I'm kind of looking at him and talking to him, and the lights are on. And he was still kind of doing it, which is out of the norm. So we got him a little bit of doggy, uh, doggy well, Xanax. Just in general, I think he was startling a lot easier. He seemed like he was just kind of on edge and just he was very restless. I noticed he was just really restless. He wanted to chew on random things. Yeah, which is not a, chew not a thing on. that he does. 
So I think it was just anxiety, and the vet agreed. They examined him just to make sure, because he is an older dog. Yeah. We thought, well, maybe his hearing or his, well, his hearing surely isn't going, because he hears whenever I tell yes. him that his breakfast yes. is ready, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, so he comes whenever he hears the snack bag open, but I worried about his vision. I thought, well, maybe he's getting night blind or something's going on there. But... Well, and, and we, we also think that he's got a little bit of bound up energy because during sure. the spring and summertime, we get him out for three walks a day. We get him out in the morning. We get him out in the afternoon. We get him out in the evening. he loves to he walk. He loves to be outside. A lot yes. of times those walks, 20 to 25 minutes uh, when it's warmer in the summer, sometimes he'll stay out for 40, 45 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and at his age, the more active he can be, I mean, the healthier he is, we're good to give him a walk as long or as, mm-hmm. you know, obviously if it's like 90 degrees outside, we're not going to let him go 30 minutes. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll, we'll beg know. him to let us come home yes. uh, on those days. Well, and I also worry about him getting yeah. heat well, stroke because sure. he's a little sure. pupper. But, um, but, yeah, we really try to exercise him as much as possible because we know that he's got a lot of energy, especially for his age. I mean, he really... He is quite active still. And, and I, I, you know, we, we kind of think that because of the the winter weather and it being cold, it's he, been he's, cold, he's not been able to get out, but a couple of times a day, sometimes only once a day, is he'll only go out when he has to do a number two, you know, because he doesn't want to be out in the cold. And I think because of that he's got a lot of pent-up energy, I think then that leads to some anxiety in the house. And so that's, that's why he's on a little bit of a, you know, a little anti, a little doggy, yeah. And boy, that first night you could really tell a difference. Mm-hmm. He was so zen. He was He's like mellow. He was like Bob Marley. He's like, "Yay, hey man, what's happening?" You know, he was very mellow. So, uh, you know, one thing that we did talk about the last podcast, uh, last couple podcasts was Anne's new Xbox Series X. Now, Anne, have you been enjoying <laughs> that? Oh yeah, I have. I've been playing, you know, Assassin's Creed and uh basketball, that 2K basketball. Yeah. Um I have an avatar that's really creepy when he smiles. Uh, I believe you guys are in the playoffs right now. We are in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't remember who I'm playing for. Uh, well, I think that you played uh, Orlando Magic in the first round. You really shouldn't confuse the people. You should just tell them that I am not the <laughs> one that playing the Xbox. No, no. I am playing the Xbox. Uh, I finally was able... I had some trouble doing it. Finally imported my face into the game. <laughs> it's ridiculous it's looking. <laughs> it's great. It's hilarious. Uh, I think my favorite part of it is in one of the profile pictures, they artificially make the character, the avatar, smile instead of just having like this regular face. It's frightening. It's bad. It looks like I got some very, very bad like veneer teeth or something. Um, it's it's awful, but also hilarious. Yeah. But I've been playing a lot. Uh, we beat the Orlando Magic in the first round of the playoffs of my rookie season. Uh, we beat the Boston Celtics in a 4-1 to series that wrapped up this morning. And up next for us, I believe, are the Philadelphia 76ers. And it's get, it gets pretty heated on that couch because I'll be in the other room and I'll just I'll hear him, you know, doing a little bit of mild swearing. And he gets a little bit upset. And then I think Howard gets tired of watching yeah eventually he saunters he into just want he just comes into my room like dad's still playing that stupid video game. and when uh when ann's not home howard just like sits on my lap while i'm playing <laughs> it's funny he tried he wants to get your attention but uh no we, we i kind of got an xbox series x on a on a lark uh if you'll recall um people talked about how hard they were to get and i wanted to see how hard they were get they were very hard to get, yet I somehow managed to get one at the Best Buy in Greenwood. So, 
Um, I, that was an unexpected Christmas gift that I ended up getting for myself. And uh, I used a gift card from Amazon, I think, to buy the NBA 2K game. And because um, I do like those. And I had played a lot, a lot of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I bought for like $10. And it's a last generation game. Um, so, yeah, it's a, that is why I haven't written anything. That's probably why we're not podcasting. I don't eat regularly or shower. <laughs> oh, stop. Uh, you do don't too. shave. I don't think you would, though, if you didn't have me. No, probably not. You really would just lose track of time yeah. and, you know. I'd be working at home and playing Xbox. It'd and be like four days, you know, before you showered. and. I do. I, Anne's pretty fastidious. She's like an everyday shower type of person. Of course, she is also out in public with co-workers. Uh, <laughs> love the way you said that <laughs> like we're all within six feet of each other right now not really no but but um she sees other people i don't because i've been working from home so i tend to i have to, we won't go through the criteria but i have certain criteria for when i will oh, shower yeah. you have like at least three criteria right? and um but usually pretty much every other day and then is when i do shower so that's way more information than probably anybody needs to know. But uh, I did have to go into work last week for like a day um, for some so, training. So you went off, he went off the shower schedule. Yeah. So. And showered an extra day. It was actually yeah. quite alarming. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I need a haircut in the worst way. Yeah, you really do. It's bad. And uh, it's just kind of one of those things. And I need to get the car in for an oil change too. But. The weather and schedules and stuff, even though we're not doing anything, it is not proven easy to do any of those things. Kind of the same reason we keep running into problems trying to get the podcast done. So, you know, lots of excuses. If we wanted to do it, we would have, you know, really, really, really wanted to do it. We would have really, 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 really done it, but we just kind of kept You have to it be off. in the right headspace, too, as well, for a podcast. Yeah, I mean, Anne's got to put up with me for probably at least an hour, probably an hour and a half. Yeah, it it's takes, exhausting. It takes a lot. I really have to be mentally and physically prepared for that. So, we, we you know, we had a nice Christmas. Um, we weren't sure that we would be able to go to do family Christmases this year, but we did. We hung out with Anne's family. Um, and her uh, brother, Matt, and sister-in-law, Leah, uh, we set up a Zoom call and a Microsoft Surface. So they were able to join us from Michigan for Christmas at her family's house. And we would have liked to have seen them in person, obviously, but, you know, we kind of made do with what we could do. Yeah, thank goodness for technology. It mm -hmm. was nice for a lot of people to be able to see their loved ones at Thanksgiving and Christmas. And we, we were pretty sure for a while that we were just going to drop by Williamsburg, where my parents live, and just basically throw them our gifts and wave to them from the door. And But we ended up doing a COVID Christmas. Mom was like, you know what, guys? You, you're careful. You stay away. You wear your masks out in public. You don't go places. Um you know, very often. So we're, we're just gonna, we're gonna do it. And it kind of surprised me because that was a late turnaround yes, on that. Very. We were fully prepared to just make a trip down there, drop off. We were, we were going to stay for more than five minutes, but just basically drop off some gifts and talk to them for a couple minutes through the door and then do the same thing at my brother's house. But we ended up, we all masked up and kept in separate sort of eating pods for dinner and 
did the best that we could. Eating pods. It sounds like a futuristic thing. Well, it, it really wasn't because it was just basically Ann and me on the couch and then mom and dad on some recliners and then Greg and his family like at a card table in the, in the other room. Yeah, we're, we're fancy. Yeah, it was fancy pods. But I think that, that did us some good uh, to, because, I mean, we see... We see, I see Ann, I see Howard, I see our turtle Willie. Occasionally I see our gecko, uh, Lenny, our little leopard gecko. Which, you know, I'm, you know, the groundhog sort of won round one. Oh, that little. Because of the, the apocalyptic snow we got, which I shouldn't really call it apocalyptic snow. It was I would for say us, it though. is because it's it's unseasonable for us. Yeah, we don't usually, I mean, we, we usually get steady amounts of snowfall but it's not throughout like the winter. That. We don't usually get dumped on like that. And I shouldn't, you know, I always say, well, it could be worse because some other places got it a lot worse than us. Um, but it, it but, was bad for Indianapolis. Yeah, but I think Willie and Lenny, though, I think they're going to win round two because... They're getting pretty active again, which usually mm-hmm. they're not active because they go into like a partial brumation and they don't get really active again until like March or April. Um, but they start getting active again in January. So I, we may see an early spring after this little hiccup. It'd be great if we just get, I mean, I can stand a snowstorm like that if we can just cruise on into right spring, in, right yeah, into spring. I know. i'd be good with that it'd be nice if spring lasted until about halfway through summer <laughs> and we didn't because you know us we'll get like a week of spring and then there, it's going to be like 90 yeah. degrees outside gotta yeah, love i remember we had opening day for high school baseball in april usually and one year we were playing the game we had snow flurries you know so you just never know. Oh yeah, I remember when I was younger having track meets that in March that had snow. I mean, it was crazy. Now, um, our, our ongoing issue we've probably had during the winter time is our furnace has oh, not I been. I know our poor good. furnace is like Father Time. He is just—it's so old. I think it's the furnace that came with this condo, which was originally built in 1998. So it's you know we've had a, uh, some sketchy issues with it the last couple years, but this year was pretty bad. Well, and it's been a pretty unseasonably bitter winter. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the last few winters we've lived here, at least, haven't been bad they've been pretty mild compared to you know years past so this poor um this poor furnace was really struggling to keep up there for a while so we decided to go to amazon and find ourselves like a little led fireplace which i was really Mm -hmm. excited about yep and uh the one upstairs is fantastic Yes, we got that one first because it was a little chilly upstairs. Uh, chilly upstairs, very much so. It was chilly, and so we, and which usually it's pretty snugly warm upstairs because mm-hmm. all yeah. the heat rises. But we knew something was going on when it was a lot cooler up there, and of course, you know, Howard, he doesn't care. He just snuggles himself under blankets. But you know, it's still concerning. I mean, if it was just us two, I wouldn't be so concerned about our heater. But with, you know, our exotic animals and with little Howard, he doesn't have any hair. God love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just, I, other than dressing him up in a parker all, parka all the time and making sure he has a giant pile of blankets on him, you know, we want to make sure he stays warm. So we got that. And I thought it was a pretty decent, I can't remember who makes that one, but uh, it's a yeah, very 
decent one for the money. That was part of my Christmas gift this mm-hmm. year. That was an early Christmas gift. We got that in like late November, I think. Yes, and Howard was it, very pleased. Because it had gotten cold and it was getting very uncomfortable upstairs. Yeah, it, Howard was very pleased with it. He loved sitting on the end of the bed and feeling the heat mm-hmm. on him. So he the, the, the Probably the biggest drawback of the furnace not working is one of Howard's favorite things in the oh, entire yes. world. we got a floor register upstairs, and so when that heat kicks on, and he'll hear it a lot of times, he'll just run upstairs and lie down in front of that heat register until the heat kicks oh, off. Oh, yeah, we, would, we wouldn't falls see asleep, him. Falls asleep there sometimes. Yeah, we wouldn't see him for, like, hours yeah. and be like, where the heck's Howard? Oh, he ran upstairs about an hour ago, you know? <laughs> And he still does it because the furnace does kick on, but it's, you know, not as frequent and not as uh, long. And so it kind of feel bad that it's not that. But I, I think probably here, once we do get into the spring, I think we're probably just going to go ahead and bite the bullet and get the furnace changed. Yeah, it's, there's going to be a lot of adulting this year because mm-hmm. we got to... <laughs> We got some home improvements we got to make. Let's see. Let's go through the list. We want ceiling fans. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, gonna, our ceiling fans need to be replaced. I'm going to pull up the carpet and replace it with, uh, what do you call that stuff? Like a wood flooring. Yeah, like a flooring. Um, uh, we're going to replace the toilets uh, probably yes. sooner rather than later, the downstairs yeah. ones. A lot of this stuff is original to the house. Mm-hmm. So we're just ready to make some cosmetic upgrades. And new windows. Yes, we do need new windows. That's definitely, you know. So we're wait- waiting for the next uh, stimulus check <laughs> so the government can pay for our windows. Oh, that's satisfying. <laughs> right? It's so satisfying. Especially when you have to do adult things. You're like, I want someone else to pay for it. I don't want to pay for it, you know. But, um, yeah, so it'll... Yeah. We'll 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 cross the bridge of the furnace yeah, but when we, we get we to it. We did make some it's some, time. some little additions. You've got an ottoman chest. Yes, uh, now in your room. which I love because I can put all my little craft projects mm-hmm. in, and I now have a place to put my feet, which is great. Yeah, that was an early <laughs> Christmas gift uh, as well. And I got a new kitchen table, mm-hmm. which came via Amazon. I love Amazon. I'm obsessed, <laughs> like most women in America today. And um, we put our table together, and it was actually surprisingly easy. Nobody died. There nope, were no nobody injuries. Nobody died. It was. We did it with one like an hour, maybe. Yeah, yeah it was pretty easy. Uh, it was kind of nice because the the table, um, it's a it's a full length table. Well, it's it's a big table. We had a before we had a pub table, like a tall pub table, like you would find at a bar. And that's what we had, and we had that pretty much ever since we moved in here. Uh, it held quite a bit of mail, and that's about Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> um, the one stool is really rickety, and uh, we just didn't spend a lot of time on it. So uh, we want to get something a little better. Uh, that If we do have company, if we ever get out of we this pandemic. We wanted a grown-up table, We wanted basically. a grown-up table. So this one's pretty cool. We live in a condo. We don't have a ton of space. But this is one you can slide the table up against the wall and then store the little benches that came with it underneath. And when we did the assembly for it, uh, the table assembly was sort of a template for how you put the stools together. So after you kind of figured out how to put the table together, then Anne took a bench and I took a bench and we put the benches together. And they used Allen wrenches in Ikea style. Yep. And, of course, Howard was very curious the whole time. Yes. But yet he hung back because he was afraid that, you know, the benches were going to eat. Yeah, and it was easy to put together. Again, no one was hurt. 
there was very little swearing this time, um, <laughs> which is not always the case for home projects. We so. did it in the front room, so Willie got to watch. Willie, which Willie he got some entertainment immensely. So, um, and then the, we, we we bought the back to the fireplace, the LED fireplace. We got one for upstairs, and then. Um, we bought one also for downstairs to put in kind of the, the main room. And that has helped as well. The weird thing is it keeps tripping the circuit breaker. So um, the other day it tripped the circuit breaker, but the circuit breaker wouldn't come back on. We couldn't get electricity in that room, so we had to move Lenny's oh, tanks yeah. in there. We had to move Lenny's tank and plug it into a different place so that he had... You know, he needs his heat pad and his heat lamps. And then, thankfully, it, it did work itself out. But we have plugged that fireplace into a different outlet. We hope that'll yes. uh, negate that problem. Yes, that's kind of fun. Lenny got to go on a little adventure, and he got to see his brother, Willie. I think he probably felt like he was being carried by royal courtesans to <laughs> a location. Like his little, his little sofa his king sofa bed or whatever <laughs> in this way it was like a tank we we didn't sort of carry him that way so uh but yeah and then um we didn't have the christmas decorations up forever this year because we were very limited in the christmas decorations um yeah we I celebrated wasn't. christmas and we we're looking very forward to christmas we get everybody the gifts and send out our cards and everything but uh, as far as the decorations go, we didn't set up the Christmas Village. We we did sort of uh, maybe, what, 25% of what we usually do? Oh, I'd say it was more like 15%. Okay, 15%. Yeah, I, I get, usually I get a little nuts with Christmas. And this year I was just like, I don't feel like dragging everything out of the closet. And, of course, people are like, well, you know, but it's, you know, this is the time, this is the year to get really get into Christmas. And I'm like, I just don't feel it this year. So Matt got me a cute little baby fiber optic tree that we probably mentioned on our last podcast. And it was cute. And yeah. we put it like right there on the ottoman. And so I was Howard looking forward to having think... something that we could plug into the uh, programmable outlet so that you yeah, could turn it on and off. Love but that. This was battery powered, which I did not realize when I bought it. But it was great. It, uh, it, it was a wonderful little Christmas tree. So. Yeah, it was very cute. I love it. It can be deployed uh, next year in the same place, or it can be an accent tree somewhere else. Doesn't really matter. Uh, the important thing is that it served its purpose this year and gave us quite a bit of Christmas joy. Yes, it was very cute. And it was nice not to have to worry about putting up and taking down a bunch of Christmas decorations. So we, we pretty much did the tree. Um, you, we did the stockings because we have stockings in each of the boys, Willie, Howard, Lenny, each have a stocking. And then we put up the nativity set, Yeah, we I put think. up the nativity scene. And... Um, did you put the wreath on the door? What did you put on the door? I did put the wreath on the yeah, door this yeah. year. Well, I put the wreath outside and I put the the, the snow banner out. Yeah, on the door. that's that's the let it snow. That's right. Um, but usually we have stuff like everywhere. I mean, it's like everywhere. So. It looks like Father Christmas threw up in our house yeah. when you walk in. I mean, it's pretty pretty extensive but we like christmas so. yeah and i finally got some time off um around christmas i took christmas week off and then uh, worked a couple of days of the week of new year's and took the rest of that week off so that was nice i had some much needed time off um oh, yeah. for me and um you know new year's we we watched um we watched the the new year's countdown yeah. had some checks mix and some pepperoni pizza combos and um, 
you know. Yeah, it was so thrilling. It, it, big time, big time. And so that's kind of mostly the update. It's just been mostly working, and we talked about the snow and the winter weather that we had. And, oh, yeah. You know, we're glad that it's done for now. And it got so cold, too. That was the the big concern is we had, like, zero and below zero wind chills uh, on top of that snow. The good thing is uh, we didn't have ice, which the last time we had a really bad snowstorm like this, it was accompanied with ice. And um, that's always a scary type of deal because you just never know what's going to do to the, the power and, and all that stuff. Well, and we did have some very scary icicles, some, like, Christmas story epic mm-hmm. icicles. But luckily, knock on wood, we didn't have anything that really, you know... I'm gently knocking because if I knock any harder, Howard is going to freak out thinking someone's at the door. Well, um, and then also the people in the podcast can hear it. That's true. And they can still hear it. Either way. Whether it's loud or soft. <laughs> these microphones, they pick up everything. It's so queer. Um, and then, uh, now we obviously have not gotten the COVID-19 vaccines yet because we're not uh, old or sick enough to get them. Uh, we're 21. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, Anne's mom uh, is retired, so we did have a retirement party Yay, for her. My mom is retired. Um, but before she retired, she was she was a nurse, and she was able to get her, the Pfizer vaccine. And then my mom and dad uh, both got the Pfizer vaccine. They're both vaccinated now. And then uh, Anne's dad and her uncle, who are the next, and uh, they were in the just the slightly lower age bracket where they couldn't get them immediately. Um, they're sign- and they live in Marion County, which is the most populous county here in the state. So the waiting list is a little bit longer. But they've got uh, appointments to get their first shot of the vaccine here coming up in the next week. Yep. So, um, And then it looks like the Johnson & Johnson vaccine will be available soon. It'll get approved. And uh, you know what? We might be able to climb our way out of this thing by fall. I'm well, hopeful. fingers crossed. I mean, I'd rather it be a slow ascent than, you know... A quick ascent and then a drastic fall again. Yeah, and we just have to see. I mean, the numbers for our state are really good right now. Our positivity rate's at 4% statewide. Um, We're not reporting thousands upon thousands of cases. Now, the sad thing is we we do usually have a few dozen deaths to report from the state almost every day in the daily report because of all those infections that you had in November, December, and January it does take a little while for the death uh, deaths to come from those cases. Sure. So, you know, um, our death numbers have been a little bit high for the state lately. But generally speaking, the, the trends are pretty good. Marion County is going to open up a little bit more on March the 1st, which it's been the county that's had one of the more uh, restrictive uh, measures. So I think pandemically speaking, uh, we're doing pretty good. Um, I'm still not going to a restaurant and we're still not going to the movies until we get the vaccinations and then we will probably slowly start thinking about integrating ourselves back into society. Yeah. I mean, I've not been able to do any of my volunteer activities just because I've been trying to limit my exposure and limiting other people's exposure. Um, I haven't been giving tours at the Harrison home. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been. You're, you're, I've been doing the Daughters of the American Revolution, but we've been doing all of our meetings yeah, via Zoom. Um, now, our Eastern Star has continued to meet, but a lot of those people were, a lot of those ladies are a lot older. Um, and me, you know, being around COVID families, 
I didn't really feel, feel very comfortable, even though we were doing COVID, you know, uh, restrictions at our meetings. I still wasn't, did not feel comfortable, you know, going there um, and possibly giving them something. But now that all of them, most of them have been vaccinated, it's a little bit, I feel less guilty going. <laughs> so, um, so that'll, you know, I'll be there for the March meeting. So that'll be good. So hopefully life will sort of start to get back to normal. Just, just little baby steps, you know, it's not a, yep. it'd just be nice to, you know, I think we'll still need to mask up for a while. Oh yeah. And stuff like that. But it'll be nice to just kind of, I mean, I still go to the store on very occasion, but it'll be nice to just kind of go into the store yeah. and, and not have the second thoughts about whether or not you need to be in there. You know, that'll, that'll be nice. Um, or, you know, just going somewhere without thinking about the Petri dish that right, it is, you know, right. it's like, oh. And so, you know, and the thing is, I mean, flu numbers, the flu right now is basically non-existent oh, wow. because of the measures Masks. that we have taken for the pandemic mm-hmm. have severely cut down. They, they made a big push. I don't know if it was very successful, but they made a big push for people to get the flu vaccine this year. They're like, it's very important that you do that this year. Um and so flu numbers have been way down, mostly because of pandemic measures, uh, less social interaction, people wearing masks, and that has brought down the transmissibility of flu. So, you know, that's, I suppose, one po- positive thing. Oh, we do have a new president, by the way. That happened uh, since our last podcast. Yes, that happened. Yes. Uh, got inaugurated and everything, and there was an insurrection at the Capitol. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that was yes. awesome. Wasn't it? So much has happened, and we haven't been able to share it with yeah. you all. Yeah, uh, we haven't really talked about it. We're not going to talk. We're not going to no, get into any no. of that. No, This is not a political podcast. No. This is a nerd podcast. Yes. Uh, let's. Uh, speaking of which, we kind of gave you the, the life update. So let's uh, talk about a few geeky topics. And, nerd alert! Um, first thing we got coming up, uh, we're going to talk about is the Snyder Cut or Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is going to come out. On HBO Max. On Hashtag March, release the Snyder Cut. Release the Snyder Cut March the 18th. I, I'm very excited. Uh, as I understand. And I don't get excited about Zack Snyder movies, but no, I'm sort of don't. excited about this. Uh, it's going to be more than four hours. Uh, I hear that it has been divided into chapters so people can oh, fun. Um, kind of watch it like a miniseries. Because at first, when they said they were going to do this, that they were going to put it out in a four-part miniseries. And then I guess Zack Snyder decided... I want to put it all out at once. So they're letting him put it all out at once. Now, there was a Vanity Fair article last week about the Snyder Cut, and there was some interesting stuff in it about, you know, like things that went down with uh, Josh Whedon and... Uh, Maybe you should give a little background as to how we got the Snyder Cut okay. and where this came from, because I think just, it's just been a while, unless you've been living under a rock. Um, I know that when Matt had mentioned it to me, like, over a year ago... I was like, what? What's going on? Snyder Cut? This I had no clue that this was a big push that was going on on the internet, I guess. But go ahead and give some background. Okay. Well, when uh, Justice League came out, I believe 2017, I mean, it's been like four years since that movie came out. Yeah. It's hard to believe. Um, it was a financial and critical disappointment. Mm-hmm. And uh, after Batman and V Superman came out, uh, people were... Uh, a lot of people were not real happy with the grim, dark tone of that movie. And so even though Warner Brothers had handed 
Zack Snyder, the mantle of your DC Comics movie guy, they decided he would no longer be the DC Comics movie guy. Um, and so that project got handed over to Joss Whedon, uh, who, of course, had great success, but then burnt himself out, as he almost always does, um, with the Marvel movies, with the Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron. And so they brought in Joss Whedon to punch up the script and uh, do some reshoots. And from estimates vary, but this was a two-hour movie, and it sounds like about 75% of the footage in that movie was stuff that had been rewritten and reshot and put in by Whedon. Now, there's a lot of different layers to this, because there was some unhappiness with Warner Brothers over the direction of the DC movies, um, and then uh, Zack Snyder's daughter killed herself as well. And um, she had had a lot of, of problems, and they'd been trying to, to help her, and then ultimately it, she took her own life, which is very, very sad. And we, um, Zack Snyder was going to try to go ahead and push through and finish uh, the Justice League movie. And it just wasn't going to work out. And so after a couple, he realized he and his wife, who's his producing partner, Deborah Snyder, had kind of realized that they were putting all of their efforts into the Snyder or into the, the Justice League movie, that they weren't really giving themselves time to kind of step back at a family and heal from this tragedy. So I think Warner Brothers wanted. Zack Snyder out. He was going to try to stay. Then he had the family tragedy. Was still going to try to power through it, but ultimately stepped back. Warner Brothers made it sound like Zack Snyder had handpicked Josh Whedon to take up the mantle of the DC movie and finish the movie uh, in his stead, which I would think we would all know that just based on the political philosophies of those two and also the styles of those two, that that was not going to be a thing that was going to mesh very well. And so anyway, Josh Whedon ended up taking over Justice League, um, doing exactly what the studio asked him to do, lighten up the tone, make it two hours or less. And of course, we get all these characters in this movie that are being introduced. You've got Cyborg that's being introduced. You've got Aquaman that's being introduced. You've got a little bit of introduction to Wonder Woman, obviously, in the Batman-Superman movie. But then you've got to deal with Batman. You've got to deal with Superman and his resurrection. You've got to introduce a villain put the team together. There's just a lot to try to do in two hours. And The Flash, The Flash is in it too. And we hadn't really been introduced that much to The Flash of this uh, movie universe. So Justice League came out. It was under two hours, two hours or two, just a little over two hours. Um, and it was kind of a mess. Um, like, I don't think it's the worst movie that's ever been made, but you can definitely tell that this part here doesn't mesh with this part here. And that it's just tonally all over the place. Yeah. And some of the reshoots are very obvious. Like Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne has like a different looking haircut from scene to scene. And it just it just didn't work. It was a mess. And so there were a lot of people. Zack Snyder has a very passionate online fan base that are almost acolytes or cultists that you could call it. And uh, they started a movement online called Release the Snyder Cut. Hashtag Release the Snyder Cut. That was what was on Twitter. Um, they, I think one of the Comic-Con conventions that they rented an airplane with a banner that said Release the Snyder Cut. And wasn't and, this like a, I'm sorry to interrupt, but mm -hmm. wasn't this like a thing where they were just convinced that there was some sort of 
contraband cut that was like yes. in a vault somewhere when mm-hmm. reality it didn't exist no the, the snyder cut like i don't want to say that it didn't exist but it did not exist in the form that these folks thought it existed. it's not a finished product um really. he had like a four four and a half hour assembly cut of the movie but it didn't have music it didn't have the special effects in it was just like green screen and stuff and it was like his version of the movie um, but these people thought that it was locked away in a vault, that it had been all finished, and that Warner Brothers had screwed with the movie and released the Joss Whedon version of the movie. Which, by the way, Joss Whedon has a story credit on that movie, but Zack Snyder is still credited as the director of Justice League, even though they reshot three-fourths of it. Whatever. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so they were convinced that this, this thing existed. Well, it didn't really. Like, a Snyder cut existed yes there is a movie that is justice league that Zack snyder directed and edited and put together but it's not completely edited it's not you know there's probably like uh, dialogue looping that still needs to be done it didn't have music it didn't have special effects it's a very rough raw uh piece of of movie that's not anywhere near finished but a lot of these people were convinced that this was a thing that that they were being that was being kept from the public and it didn't exist, like, in this finished form that people had formed in their minds. Um, but Zack Snyder had kept uh, kind of this assembly cut on a on hard drive on a computer. And, you know, he didn't think it would probably ever see the light of day. But then there was this giant online, well, his very loud vocal fan base wanted Warner Brothers to release the Snyder Cut. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut. And, you know, they, they hounded WB and WB executives and just wanted to see this definitive version of visionary director Zack Snyder's Justice League. And surprisingly, this came to fruition. And it did. Um, and, and it's really interesting because I think a lot of it had to do... Uh, one wonders if the Snyder Cut would actually exist without the pandemic having happened. True. Because... Basically, what Warner Brothers is thinking is we've got all this stuff that we've already shot. And, well, there's a couple caveats to this. I'll, I'll, I'll finish my thought and then I'll, I'll backtrack. And that, that Basically, if we just put a little bit of special effects work into it, you know, we can't have actors and directors interacting because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, this gives us our special effects, gives our special effects artists some work to do. And it's something that can be done. We can just kind of do it remote, and uh, it'll then we'll have new content during a period where we're uncertain when or if we'll have new content. Oh yeah, making money. Making money. So um, that's you know they they called Zack Snyder and they were like, yeah, we'd like to to do this. And according to this Vanity Fair article that was out last week, Snyder said that they just kind of wanted to release the assembly cut that he had with just maybe a little bit of touch-ups, but, like, they didn't want to do much with it. Wow. They just wanted this rough, raw piece uh, put out. And uh, Snyder was like, I... I wouldn't I don't, attach my name to that. I, I don't want to do that. I mean, is, hasn't this already been kind of a mess as it is? And so he... Um, he kind of negotiated with him a little bit on it and said, yeah, you know what, I'll, I'll work on the Snyder Cut, but I'm going to need, uh, this is what needs to be finished. It needs a lot of special effects work. I think they did They did some reshoots 
you know, they actually did, shot some new scenes and stuff and um, probably expanded on some things that he wanted to do. So even this Zack Snyder's Justice League that's coming out is not really the Snyder cut of Justice League. Strange. Because it's a completely uh, thing that it is partially his Justice League, but also new ideas that they didn't shoot beforehand or that they expanded on. Um, so... You know, but it's kind of funny. You, you give Zack... We were, I was joking about this with you while we were walking Howard the other night. I said, you give Zack Snyder an inch and he'll take a mile because not only is the Snyder Cut coming out, but um, it's going to be four hours. And they spent like $70 million on special effects and reshoots to add new scenes. And then got some time with some of the actors that were, you know, that he had worked with to add some stuff into the movie, including a scene with Jared Leto as the much maligned DC Universe Joker. Uh, there's a scene in there. It looks like it's during that uh, that weird f- Batman v Superman f- mm. future where Superman is taken over. And anyway, I don't I don't really know. And Batman's you know got a trench coat or whatever. But not only that, but he's going to do it four hours. They were going to do a miniseries, but now it's going to be a four hour cut, apparently with chapters, so that you can watch it in in uh, pieces if you want. And then instead of being in a 16 by 9 aspect ratio, which is what everyone's TV is in, it's going to be in a 4 by 3 IMAX presentation. So it's going to be like typical old 4 by 3 TV uh, format, which means black bars on the side of the TV screen. Weird. And uh, he also got them to let him work on a black and white version of the movie as well. Uh, it's like called the Justice is Grey edition or something like that. So, you know, from we're just going to take Zack Snyder's cut and just release it as it is becomes we're going to spend $70 million. Uh, instead of being 16 by 9 now, it's going to be in the 4 by 3 IMAX format. Oh, and we're going to go, go ahead and let him shoot new scenes. Oh, and he's also going to do a black and white version That's of crazy. the movie. I mean, it is crazy what has become of this. And there's a lot of people who do not like Zack Snyder. Um, they're just, uh, they don't, they don't agree. He's kind of, uh, a, a little more right center politically speaking. And so a lot of people have problems with that. Um, and they think that he is a bit of a hack when it comes to story writing and characterizations, which eh, sometimes I can't uh, completely disagree with some of yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, his, his movies are beautifully shot. It's almost like art, but, and I think they, Okay. I'm going to say this. I think that they made a good choice in picking him to do the DC comics. Mainly because um, the tone is right. Because I feel like the DC comic book characters are a little bit darker and less flippant than... Not quite as light and fluffy as your Tony yeah, Starks and like, I don't... your Ant-Man. I feel like it's a whole different thing. Like here they did, you know, they tried to bring Joss Whedon in and have him do for DC what he did for Marvel. And the thing is, is the formula that worked for Marvel isn't going to work for DC because it's it's a whole different universe. And you go from Batman versus Superman, which tonally, I mean, obviously it has tons of things wrong with it, but you go from a completely different tone to Justice League. And I'm like... Where it's a, trying to be a laugh a minute, joke a minute, What's quippy, happening? you know, it doesn't make it's any sense. It's very strange. And yeah, they really did make a mistake. They really should have done, 
know, they always want to be like Marvel, but they mm-hmm. don't follow they don't do what Marvel did. They don't. They take the shortcut. They want the Marvel money, but they don't want to do the Marvel work. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, they really had to put the work into it. They really should have done a Batman movie. I mean, and obviously the super, they still yeah. have and a then, su- then they an have Aquaman, a, and then they a have a Wonder Superman, Woman, and then a Flash. Should, yeah, they should yeah. have gotten everybody else, or at least maybe you know done a couple of character movies that weren't t- maybe together that weren't you know too serious. And, or and you didn't need to throw Wonder Woman into the Batman Superman movie. I thought you, that was pretty you, you stupid. Know, she was a highlight of the movie, but it didn't really need to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then, like, the second movie that they do in this franchise is Batman v Superman, and we jump right to the death of Superman storyline before we even really have much time to really know, love, or I care know. about it's the Superman character strange. at all. It's very strange. They made a lot of weird decisions, uh, but a lot of it comes to the fact that DC and Warner Brothers saw Marvel's money that they were making. They wanted the Marvel money, but they didn't want to take the time and the effort to craft the fan base because, really, Iron Man was a hit. Iron Man 2 was also a hit. The Incredible Hulk was not. Um, Iron Man 2 was a hit, but is not as well regarded as the the first Iron Man movie. And then Thor and Captain America, they did okay domestically and worldwide in the box office, but they weren't like huge, ginormous hits. But then, because you introduced all these characters and you hyped up, of course, it probably doesn't help hurt that by the time the Avengers came out, uh, Marvel was under the Disney banner, and we know that Disney knows how to sell, unlike anybody out there, to sell hype. But when you had all those characters come together after, even though they were not all huge, big, wonderful, money-making successes, they did well. I'm not saying that they didn't make money, but they they were routinely when a Marvel movie comes out now, it makes a billion dollars at the box office. None of those movies came close to a billion dollars at the box office. Then they bring out Marvel's Avengers. It makes a billion dollars at the box office. And after that, it just builds and builds and builds. And each Marvel movie that comes out is an event. Now, the Ant-Man and the Ant-Man movies don't make, like, the big box office bank that you get from, like, Captain America, Civil War, and stuff like that. But they still do very, very well. And, you know, DC saw all that money that was there. But they didn't want to do the work and do a Superman movie and then a Batman movie and then a Flash movie and then an Aquaman movie and then a Wonder Woman movie and then bring them all together to build their cinematic universe. They did a Superman movie, uh, Man of Steel, which I really, really love, but it underperformed at the box office. They panicked, so we're going to throw Batman into the Superman sequel and we're going to find them each other and then we're going to add Wonder Woman to it. We're going to smash all this stuff together, do the Death of Superman storyline, and then bring him back on the next movie, Justice League, and it just, you know... It got a little crazy. It, it got it got crazy. And there's really, I mean, the thing is, their standalone movies have done well. Uh, Aquaman did a billion dollars at the box office. Uh, Wonder Woman, the first one, is very, very well regarded uh, and made quite a bit of money at the box office as well. So they could have they could have taken their time, and I think it would have worked out better for them. But instead now, their cinematic universe is sort of in disarray, and now we've got a four-hour cut of Zack Snyder's Justice League that probably should have come out four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and the problem is too, you know, they really, they really should have also streamlined the theme because mm-hmm. that's what Marvel did was they streamlined a theme. I mean, obviously they had different directors, but they all had the same type of tone. Right. Whereas the DC movies didn't really have the same tone. No, and, and the the tone of Batman v Superman does not match the tone of Justice League, which does not match the tone of Aquaman, which was did not match the tone of Wonder Woman. You know, those are all like the Marvel movies. They do follow a formula, 
and they are different, but you also know what you're going to expect yes. when you go see a Marvel movie and DC stuff is just all over the board. Then they've got Shazam, which isn't really, it, it fits into that universe, but it's also, again, uh, completely tonally different from any of the other stuff that's out there. So, yeah, we have strong feelings about the, the direction of the DC movies and stuff, but I am, I, I am so intrigued and excited to see what comes out of Zack Snyder's Justice League, even if it ends up being a miserable four-hour slog, it'll at least be an interesting four-hour slog. And who knows? Maybe it'll just be Batman having a terrible dream the whole time. Maybe it is. He wakes up in bed next to Wonder Woman and he's like, Diana, I had a horrible dream. And then she turns over and her face is like Lex Luthor or whatever. <laughs> oh, Tell me about it. No, it's, Joker it's, or somebody. It's that guy from the Hallmark movie that was in uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Remember the, the guy that was Steve Trevor? That they turned into Steve Trevor? <gasps> yes, him. <laughs> oh my God. By the way, um, one of the bigger disappointments of the year was certainly Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, that, was, that had the potential to be so great. And God love him. It just did not happen. We watched that over Christmas yeah, with my yeah. dad. And we were looking forward to it because we hadn't, I mean, it was just got pushed back and it got pushed back. And it was all this, you know, hype around it. And I'm so excited. And yeah, what a letdown. Oh, we did not enjoy Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, I mean, and the telling thing is it was on HBO Max for about a month, uh, and then it went to, you know, where you could buy it on digital and stuff like that, and then I'm sure it'll make its way back to HBO Max after they sell some copies of it, but, like, it's a new movie that's, like, a superhero movie that's up there on HBO Max for a month, and we watched it, like, the day after it came out. And then we, did, we didn't need to watch it again. Usually, we, no. usually we'll watch the superhero movies. We'll go see them a couple times at the theater. And we had the opportunity to just spend a couple more hours with Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor. And we just had no interest in, nope. it, in watching it. I'll probably watch it again at some point. But, like, it, we did not need to watch it within the month that it was available on HBO Max. We weren't, you know, we weren't busting a gut. So, um... Oh, man, I've got some sort of problem with Microsoft Word, so it will not open, and I cannot see what I put down on the show notes. <laughs> so that is that is not good. Work, brain, work. <laughs> um, that's why I wrote it down, so I wouldn't have to remember. Um, uh, WandaVision. We, we've been watching the MCU show, WandaVision. It's been kind of a slow burn over the last eight episodes. Yes. Uh, we're not going to spoil too much for it, uh, in case anybody hadn't seen it or watched it yet. Um but it is a very interesting show, and I have greatly enjoyed it. Now, I will say, when the I remember when the trailer first came out for it, we watched it, we and I just remember impressed. we were like, what is this supposed to be about? And we thought this, the name, like when they announced the oh, name, thought we thought awful. it was so dumb. So we're dumb. like, why? how could you possibly come up with WandaVision? And then you see the trailer, and you're like, okay, now I get the WandaVision. But doesn't make it any less this, stupid of a title. This, this trailer doesn't make any sense. It was so weird. Yeah, it was it was a weird, um, and you could I mean they knew they were going to take a big swing and that they were hoping that the power of the MCU would kind of get people to watch because they did not really. It's not really their fault because the way the show's set up, there's just no good way to try to sell it. Mm-mm. So you just kind of had to go through the. Well, we're kind of doing different sitcoms throughout the years type of thing, 
but you couldn't really tell what was going on with it. And it's really funny because those first two episodes, especially, um, like, there's not a whole lot. Uh, they're basically just like t- uh, sitcom episodes. Yeah, it's like you're watching the Dick Van Dyke yeah. show only with Wanda and Vision. Yeah, um, for those first couple episodes. And then they open things up in season episode three a little bit. And then episode four, they really start to give you some of the backstory and stuff that's that's up to it. But because uh, I know your dad, who is a big as a MCU fan as they come, he's like, I just don't think I want to watch that. Yeah, you just have to rip it off like a Band-Aid. Um, but I highly recommend it. I think it's I think it's fantastic. And um, I don't know if we're going to get a happy ending next week or if we're going to get a sad ending next week. Um, but there have been some interesting revelations in the uh, last there, couple of weeks. There certainly And I, it's hard. You can't really talk about it without giving something away. Right. So, of course, we're not going to talk that much about it. But maybe in the future podcast, once the series is actually done... Maybe we can do yeah, a spoiler, we'll a a spoiler podcast and talk about some of the stuff that happened in it. But but it's gr- it's a really, really good show. Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are just absolutely fantastic in it. And I will say, because we kind of did a miniature impromptu MCU rewatch the last couple of weeks. Like, I watched Infinity War and then I roped Anne in to watch an Endgame. And then we ended up watching Captain America Civil War and, and uh, The Winter Soldier. And then we watched the two Ant-Man movies. And then we watched Thor Ragnarok the other day. It's my birthday! <laughs> I always Ragnarok love that the when best. they steal that the Grandmaster ship. And he's like, oh, I think this looks like a gun. And he presses the button and it's like it's this disco thing. ball goes off and like these fireworks. I like the line too where they're like, yeah, he uses it for orgies and stuff. He's like, don't, don't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> so well done. Oh, um, yeah, it's a great movie. But we, we, we did that rewatch. And I will say, because I had watched a few episodes of WandaVision uh, before I'd watched Endgame. And that, that moment with Wanda, um, when she confronts Thanos, hits you a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, because I think probably one of the biggest criticisms is that Infinity War... Uh, and uh, the end of that movie uh, very much revolved around you really caring about the relationship between Vision and Wanda, which I did, but I can also acknowledge that they didn't have a whole lot of time to develop yeah. that relationship. So it's kind of nice that they get their own show. So, I think it's yes. fun. It's sort of like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's like, I'm looking forward to that series. I know you are too. Matt is so excited. He's totally fangirling oh, the last uh-huh. like month or so. Yeah, I'm so excited. And so... We're really looking forward to it because that's another relationship that kind of got introduced in the Winter Soldier and Civil War, right. but you never really got to They don't to really get to explore it. it because there's all these other big, gigantic things going exactly. on. And some of these smaller things. Because those get two play off each other so well, but you can't really, you really do anything else with it. You really only saw it in Civil War, really, mm-hmm. because they didn't have any... Um, real time to do any interaction in Infinity War because by the time they got to Wakanda, Thanos and his forces are coming and so there's really not a whole lot of time for the, for Sam and Bucky to kind of snipe at each other a little bit. So yeah. um, that, that'll that be fun. I think those are, you know, Cap is one of my favorite, is probably my favorite character in the MCU. Uh, Winter Soldier is my favorite MCU movie, even though I love many of them. Uh, Winter Soldier's just tops for me. And um, those are two, I really like those two characters of uh, Bucky and uh, Sam. And to be able to see them 
uh, in a show that's kind of about um, continuing the Captain America legacy, uh, for me, is going to be great. And And it's kind of cool because that's another thing that, you know, it's kind of a mantle that can be passed to other people. It's not something that's unique to one person. And I think that's kind of nice because then you get to see different... Not in a hokey way, but you get to see different, yeah, different the interpretations way, different, yes. of, of how they would how they would do it. And so Steve Rogers' time is done being Captain America. I thought that was kind of a nice, clever decision to be able to do and yeah. kind of make who who is his worthy story of be next. over and yeah, give it to somebody else. So I think Bucky's a tough sell for the government because he was a oh, Soviet uh, assassin for Hydra. <laughs> obviously. Um, you know, but uh, for him to be a new Captain America, then Sam's probably a, a tough sell too because he's kind of a renegade. Uh, he sided with Captain America against the Sokovia Accords and stuff like that. So um, it looks like they're going to use a different Captain America. Like there's going to be an official Captain America um, based on the U.S. agent character that was in comic books, which was an alternate version of Captain America that was supposed to be government-sponsored when, mm-hmm. at, at some point in the comics, uh, Steve Rogers got disillusioned with the U.S. government and kind of stepped back, and so they made somebody else Captain America, and U.S. agent was one of them. Was it in the 60s when he started doing LSD? Uh, I can't remember. Then decided... The government, man. It's like one day you're punching Hitler, the next day you're doing LSD with the Avengers. <laughs> you know. Uh, but Damn hippies. <laughs> and, and, and the guy that's playing the, the character, I think it's John Walker, is the character's name. But the guy who's playing him is Kurt Russell's son. Oh, um, what's his name? Wyatt? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's in it, and and they really uh, they've shown a couple shots of that character. Thanks, People Magazine. I guess that's the only reason I know who he is. Um, I've been reading the most fascinating <laughs> article about the most fascinating people of the year. Sorry, we just watched that episode. And done. And done from Seinfeld. Um, they've only shown a few little glimpses of that character in the trailers that we've seen yeah. for Falcon the Winter Soldier. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, how that all goes. And then, of course, Loki. I think they said Loki's got his shows coming out. I believe it's going to premiere in June. Like we talked about with Thor Ragnarok. I really, God, I really hope they cut his hair. I just, oof. oof. It's getting bad. It looks like he'll have several different hairstyles, judging from the trailers of Loki oh, that, that we saw. That's good. <laughs> Because at one point he's got the D.B. Cooper, you know, just kind of slick yes. back uh, short. But yes. Yeah, like, it was, uh, we don't want to get into a big it discussion was, about Tom yeah. Hiddleston's hair, but it, it was at a bearable length in the first Thor movie and then continually got longer and greasier. Yeah, and then I think by the time of Thor Ragnarok, it's like, my God, just put it in a man bun or something. I can't, I can't look at it. And I love Tom Hiddleston, and it makes me sad that he, like, dyed his hair black because I it, like is, his... Is he usually blonde? Yeah, it's like a, like a blondish a blonde brown. brown. Yeah, it's, and it kind of has a little bit of red in it. It's hard to describe. He's it, got... It still floors me that he was up for the role of Thor. Just, not that I don't think he can do it because he's a good actor. You just wouldn't look at him and think Thor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess Chris Hemsworth spoils us, but he's such a big, burly, beefy guy. Yeah. He has a big presence. And um, that's just not the kind of uh, presence that Tom Hiddleston has. He's just got a completely different presence. And he's got a great, I love Tom Hiddleston. Like, 
when when they um when, when Thanos killed Loki at the beginning of Infinity War, it was just like you kind of feel like yeah, Loki finally got what he deserved in a way, but you're also sad because you know he plays him in such a way that he's, he's so likable, yeah, even though he's so bad, you know, because yeah. he even in Thor Ragnarok he's going to betray Thor and before Thor, Thor double crosses him, you know, he's like, haven't you learned anything yet, brother? And you know, it's 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 good stuff. Um, but you really like that character, and I, I just I I. I it just it gets me each time he's like you know I promise you the sun will shine on us and you know uh, I just and then he you know dies. don't make me cry it, it's he's a good character like yeah he's he's a good antagonist and he's a good character and he's got a nice a nice arc that they have completed throughout the Marvel movie so it's interesting that in the Loki series it's an alternate Loki that they pulled from uh, around the time of the Avengers movie. When, and he, you know, gets the Tesseract again and and stuff. So I also, uh, just in a random note from Thor Ragnarok, I do love the part where Surtur finally comes back and they're like, we're just going to have to let him, you know, uh, destroy the, the planet Asgard and stuff. And then you just see Hulk roar off into the background to fight him. And they're like, you idiot. They're like, no. What? Monster! You know, <laughs> it's, it's good stuff. Um so, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of our MCU uh, quick discussion. Um, the Mandalorian was really good. Really oh, good season of The Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Um, I, there was a time, there were about four or five days in a row in which I watched, like, the last 15 minutes of the finale episode. Um, where, hey, listen, it's been out for a couple months now. It was all over the place. Luke Skywalker comes back. And rescues everybody at the end of the episode. Uh, gets baby baby Yoda Grogu now, and um, it's just it's an incredible scene. The music's great. Um, I know a lot of people had trouble with the CG. I, I didn't think it was. Uh, I think it was all too bad, bad considering it's a TV show. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was bad. Um, and uh, I just I loved the Mandalorian, and we're gonna get so much more Star Wars now. They've got a Rangers of the New Republic show that's coming out. Apparently, there will be no uh, no Cara Dune in that one. Yeah. Uh, she has burned her bridges with Disney. Uh, the actress, um, I guess, don't say garbage things, and perhaps you might get to keep your job. God love her. I mean, yeah, you have your opinion, but you also have to remember who you work for. You're an ambassador for the Disney company, and you need to shut up. Yeah. And uh, you know, conspiracy theories and QAnon crap, uh, that's not going to That's got no leash. place. I mean, yeah. And so, uh, but we, they got that show coming out. Um, apparently they're developing a Lando Calrissian show. There's going to be a Boba Fett show. And then mm-hmm. we're going to get more Mandalorian. Uh, they're doing a Rogue Squadron movie that's going to be exciting. That's exciting. And... Uh, you know, I don't know what else is really going on with Star Wars. They they did launch a new um, a new book series um, called The High Republic that's set a few hundred years before like uh, the prequels. And uh, I hear they're pretty good. I've not read them yet. But well, and I'm interested what they're going to do with the new season of The Mandalorian. What is are they going to be doing that pretty soon, or is it going to be a while before we see Mando again? Was it like a year and a half, two years, something like that? I would imagine, and I don't know what the production schedule is, but I I believe the plan is they're going to do the Book of Boba Fett. That's supposed to be Christmas next this year, Christmas this year, and I would imagine that the the Mandalorian season three would be coming up. Maybe I'm just going to ballpark it like March. Or April or something like that. Ahsoka's getting a show yes. as well. 
uh, which should be really interesting. That's cool. I'm glad that they were able to use the Mandalorian to sort of spin her off yeah. in the show. Because I thought she looked really good. I liked her costume. Yeah. Oh, everything. yeah. Rosara Darson was a good pick for that. Um, that was a really cool episode. It was a cool episode. I really like it. And... Uh, but I'm interested to see what season three is going to be like because, you know, the first couple seasons were all about It's all Grogu about a, a, a guy and, and his kid. Mando you know? and Mandal, you know, the Mandalorian trying to get him to the Jedi where he'll be safe. And now he's with the Jedi. It's like, well, now what? You know, yeah. is it going to be like a Western serial where he just goes around town like a, you know, crime fighter or... Does he go on a different storyline adventure? Yeah, I. I mean, I guess they can. They've planted a lot of seeds for going back to Mandalore, and kind of retaking oh, Mandalore. Oh, that's true. With uh, what's her name, Kate yeah, Sackoff, with, and the uh, other Bo-Katan is her character's Bo-Katan, name. Bo-Katan, that's right. And um, so I, I imagine because he's got the dark saber now. That's true. Yeah, know, which makes him the the ruler of the Mandalorians, which he has. No, no desire to yeah. be, which is kind of funny, um, and because they have some interesting antiquated rules about how you obtain the dark saber and what happens when you do obtain the dark saber. Uh, so I imagine they'll they'll go to that. But the thing is, the heart of that show is definitely Mando and and the kid. I, if I don't know if you heard that in the background or not, but Howard's snoring under the blankets there on the daybed. <laughs> Pretty funny stuff. Oh, um, so I imagine that's the direction they'll go in, unless they do a big time jump and they bring Grogu back. Um, that it's funny way. that you said that because for a second I thought you ripped one. Oh no, no, that was that was all Howard on the snoring on the on the, on the couch there. It's like what was that? We would edit such a thing out of the podcast. Anyway. But it's just so cute. Yeah, every once in a while, you, you, he'll be like lying on your lap or whatever, and he'll just be like. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of what, it, yeah. It was so loud all of a sudden. Yeah. He, he just... does that at night every once in a while, too, or in the afternoon. <laughs> it's so cute. Poor little guy. Aww. Um, He's oh, an old man. A, a, another movie that we watched, um, it was supposed to relaunch movie theaters, but, uh, you know, the pandemic was bad. Tenet. We yes, Tenet. we did watch Tenet, and I really liked it. I did too. Um, it was easier to follow than Inception, and it was actually kind of fun. I yeah, mean, I was surprised. We watched it with my dad, and yep. he really liked it. He was like, I'm going to have to watch it again because I'm so confused. And I'm like, well, it's not as confusing as Inception. Isn't that terrible that that's like the standard we go by? Well, I mean, it's Christopher Nolan and Inception. You know, you're within a, a dream layer, within a dream layer, within a dream layer, within a dream layer, and... Yeah. There's a lot going on. Um, but I thought that. Tenet was much easier to follow. Yeah, well, and I had heard that it was super, super, super confusing. And I, I'm not saying that it was like... Easy. ABC, but um, I followed it much better. Because I guess I was thinking, you know, I followed Inception, but it, it does take you a couple times maybe to really kind of sure. connect the dots on that. Um, can I tell you exactly what happened in Tenet? Nah, I probably do need to watch it again, but... To me, everything made sense in it. So yeah, and I, I liked um, I liked the leads. I liked Pattinson, and I liked James David Washington. I know and... Pattinson sort of has redeemed himself in my husband's eyes over the last couple of years. Oh, for sure, because he's had some really great roles, and of course, he's going to be Batman. And now I think you can see Batman more clear, like how mm-hmm. he could actually for be sure. a pretty good Batman. Whereas before, I, I thought too that maybe he was cast because he's just so pretty. But which he is, yeah. 
But he really does have some acting chops. He, he totally, uh, I don't know if he sat down and had a conference call with Leo. He or, did pull a Leo what, DiCaprio. He definitely pulled a Leo. He kind of, he did the big blockbuster movie uh, and that kind of typecasted to him. And so he kind of went on the down low for a while, came back, did some independent yeah. stuff. And now finding his way back into these big blockbuster movies, he's a very talented actor. He is so charming and tenant, so good, so yes. good in that movie. And he even got to use his British accent. Yeah, which is nice, which he won't probably get to use. Uh, he's not going to be British Bruce Wayne in The Batman. But um, they put a trailer out for that a while ago, and I think he's going to be really good in that, too. <gasps> they put a trailer out? I haven't watched you it. You haven't seen The Batman trailer? No. Oh, well, Matt, I, I count on you. To help me with some I of this. I could have sworn we watched the Batman trailer think, from several months ago. I don't ago. think we did. No. Okay, we will you look it up. You watched it without me. We will watch it um, because it's, it's I'm good. a little hurt. I'm, I swear <laughs> that you saw it. Um, I've sort of been living in a little bit of a cave because of the pandemic. It's just work and stuff. But, yeah. Usually I'm better about seeing this stuff. You know, I try to keep up on the news, but I'm not really that great. So a yeah, lot of times, yeah, you do rely on me to yeah. To last fill you in on last stuff. year or so, I've really relied on Matt to kind of keep me abreast of some of these things. And then we've got um, Black Widow supposed to come out in May. I'm excited about that movie. I really hope she's just such a good character. And you know, we've talked about Joss Whedon and some of the good things and the bad things about. Joss, but I think one of the good things that he did for the MCU is he really fleshed out that Black Widow character, and she got a lot more. There's not a lot there in to Iron Man her. Too. Yeah, that she got a lot more to her than I think another writer would have given her. I, I, listen, um, Anne so. is is an avowed Joss Whedon fan. I've always liked, and, Joss's and there's work. there's nothing wrong with that because. Um, and I know that he is right now going through some... He's a very strange person. He, he, I've always thought that. but His I've reputation like, yeah. right now is getting dragged yeah, through poor, the mud yeah, um, with a lot of people reevaluating the way that he treated people on sets and stuff like that. Now, that said, there are very few people who are as good at writing ensembles as Whedon, and that's, what, that's where they got him for the Avengers because you've got a lot of characters to juggle. Some of them you're going to have to introduce yes. here for the first time. And um, you can definitely see why they got him for the Avengers movies. And while the Russo brothers with Endgame and Infinity War and, and Winter Soldier took, the, took the, the franchise to just these incredible heights, they would not have been there if they hadn't had Whedon doing Avengers and Age of Ultron. And I know a lot of people, Age of Ultron isn't one of their favorite of the MC movies, and it's probably in the bottom third mm -hmm. for me as well, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't have some enjoyable moments and that I don't like to watch it. I mean, we watched it not all that long ago, and it's it's a good Avengers movie. Yeah. But I prefer the first Avengers movie, and I prefer Endgame and Infinity War and, and all the other stuff uh, over Age of Ultron, but it definitely... You know, we, we wouldn't have WandaVision if it weren't for Age of Ultron and some of the things that Whedon set up, you know, in that movie. Because a lot of that, those relationships and everything that was set up with Wanda and her brother, you know, that all pays off in the WandaVision uh, TV show. And it wouldn't be there if you didn't have Age of Ultron. So you can definitely see why Marvel wanted to, to have Whedon come because he is somebody who is comfortable juggling a lot of characters and then making sure they all have an arc and have a purpose to the story and have something to do. And yeah. then you can also see why they did that. He accomplished that successfully for the MCU. You could also see why Warner Brothers would want to bring him in and try to do the same thing for Justice League. It's just in the, the, 
second case, you're trying to, you know, square square peg, round hole, or, you know, what have you. It just yeah. does not work with what they had already established. Yeah, so I'd like to see, you know, with the new Black Widow movie, I'd like to see them take everything that they did with her over the last movies and just sort of run with it. Hopefully yeah. it'll be a good... I'm running with it. That's what she's doing. Hopefully, I don't know if it's supposed to be a backstory, a forward story, a present story, but it looks like it'll be quite entertaining. I think it will probably be set after Infinity War with a lot of backstory set up for her. That's what I think. But I, I don't really know. They haven't really clarified on when it takes place. Mm-hmm. But it would make sense to me that she's got to reassess some stuff after what happened at the end of Infinity War. Uh, but then I guess it would also be coincidental that all the people that she knew all survived the snap, uh, which mathematically probability not all great, but, um, you know, and it could take place in a different era too. I don't know. It could be, could be after Civil War too, um, where it's something that they're doing before she kind of... Um, you know, before Infinity War 2. I, I don't know. I'm not real sure. They haven't clarified exactly when the time frame is for this movie. And, I mean, it, we, we just don't know. With WandaVision and then Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness and a lot of rumors about the new Spider-Man movie being a multi-dimensional type of thing, too, we don't even necessarily know if this is the Black Widow that we saw. Um, could be a set in a side continuity as well. I don't think it is. I think that would be a bit of a stretch considering they really haven't set up the multiverse stuff yet in the other movies uh which is coming it's just not yet so i i assume that it's the regular black widow that we all what would we do without multiverses there's just so many different things you can do and you almost never run out no it's it's great i mean if you the best part about the multiverse it's it's great i mean they they killed uh tony stark sacrificed himself to save everything they're in Endgame, and they had the big ceremony for him and everything. They could still bring Robert Downey Jr. back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It would not cheapen that Tony Stark's sacrifice at all because it's just a different, just a different version of Tony Stark. So, you know, if they decide they want to bring uh, Chris Evans back, well, you just you go and you you pluck a different you, Captain America uh, from a different era. And you, you've got Chris Evans back, and he's not an old man anymore. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing. If they want to, and, and then if they don't want to do any of that, they want to just leave those characters where they are, which I think is probably what they should do, is just leave those characters where they are, because I think Cap and I think Tony all had such great arcs, and I think they all had good endings. Um, I am totally fine with that. But if they decide, hey, Robert Downey Jr., would you like to make $50 million doing another Iron Man movie, but you're not playing exactly the same Tony Stark? Sure. I'll cash that $50 million check. Probably the same thing with Chris Evans. He does but. have a few kids to put through college, so. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I, I mean, that's kind of the, the geeky stuff that um, we were going to discuss. So um, I guess we probably just need to go through our favorite segment. Really, the only segment of the show that we actually <gasps> Should have. Should we wait for the jingle? Got to wait for the jingle. What are you reading? What are you writing? What are you writing or reading today? And what you didn't see is that I just did jazz hands in the background. We both did. 
So, Anne, what are you reading? What are you writing? Uh, what are you watching? What's going on with you? Well, um, I'm not currently writing anything. Um, as far as watching, um, I have been watching uh, the last season of Detective Joe Kenda, Homicide Hunter, which is quite fun. I enjoyed that on Discovery Channel. And I've also uh, found a couple of shows on Netflix that I have enjoyed. One of them was Atypical, which uh, is a show that um, is basically about um, a teenager named Sam. He's he's autistic. And just him trying to get through high school in one piece, being autistic and his family and everything. And it's actually quite good. I, I really enjoyed that. And then you watched some of uh, The Good Cop with me. That was actually pretty good. It's a show with Josh Groban and Tony Danza, which is yes. a combination I would ever, ever think of in a show. But it was a cop show. It was good. And uh, Josh Groban is a detective for the NYPD, and he's very, like, straight-laced by the book. You know, um, very Boy Scout- but very he's, bland. But he's the son of a of a notorious crooked cop who was indicted, went to prison, and then now is out on parole. And his dad lives with him and helps him solve his cases. And it's actually quite interesting. Yeah, it's it was a, a cute show. I really was liked that, it. Was that a Netflix show? Yeah. And it only got one season, 10 yeah. episodes, I think. It didn't get renewed. Yeah. And it came out in 2018. So it's not going to be coming back anytime soon. Which is a shame. It, it was enjoyable. I watched a couple episodes. Did you say that the the people who did Monk uh, were involved in yes, creating Andy that show? Yes, Andy Breckman did that okay. show. Mm-hmm. So I, I I enjoyed uh, the couple episodes that I saw of that. Yeah, Tony Danza was actually really good in it. But like you said, it was interesting because it was not a combination of people. And I didn't even know Josh Groban was acting. But okay, that came out of left field. But... And then um, as far as audiobooks go, um, I have been listening to more books in the Gaslight Mysteries the- uh, series by Victoria Thompson. Excuse me. I apologize for my yawning there. The Gaslight Mysteries by Victoria Thompson. Um, and it's about a, a midwife and a police detective who solve crimes in turn of the century New York. So there. Um, and then there's also a book that I'm getting ready to start reading that is called A Woman Like Her. And it's by, I think it's Sanam, I cannot pronounce the names, to Sanam Mayer. Mahir, Mahir. Anyway, it's about um, a woman in Pakistan. Um, she's basically a social influencer, uh, social media phenom who was killed in 2016. She was murdered in what they suspect was an honor killing by her family. And she was sort of like the Kim Kardashian of Pakistan. And of course that goes against what they believe roles for women should be. Um, And so this book is about what happened to her. Sounds interesting. Yeah. So I'm going to read that. And uh, yeah, that's that's where I am right now. Where are you, Matt? 
Well, I mean, I know you're sitting next to me. But... I'm right here, Anne, in the uh, <laughs> office with you here in the podcast studio. Um, no, uh, I've been reading um, I, one of the books I got for Christmas uh, from a certain point of view. It's uh, an anthology with short stories from The Empire Strikes Back. That's a book that Santa got you for Christmas. Yeah, Santa got it for me. Uh, it's It's got some really fantastic stories in it. Um, I think, you know, there's uh, General Veers, uh, who was in the uh, assault on Hoth. Um, he always thought that he died because a snowspeeder ran into the cockpit. Yeah. Uh, but apparently he uh, survives. Wow. Uh, in one of those stories, one of the... Uh, Adat drivers uh, pulls him out uh, before he explodes. Um, just uh, it's nice. There's little slices of stuff from the Star Wars universe, um, you know, and a lot of solid stories. Some of them, you know, some, it's an anthology, so some of them you really like, some of them you really don't. One that really got me was from the perspective of a Tauntaun on Hoth. Oh and, yes, and it was it was actually really sad. Oh, um, yes, you told me about this. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because uh, this, this Tauntaun is the one that uh, Han Solo actually ends up riding um, to go and find Luke Skywalker after he disappears at the beginning of The Empire Strikes Back. And uh, she's going out to find her, her Tauntaun daughter uh, to bring her back to the pack. Well, her Tauntaun daughter was the, the Tauntaun that Luke was riding at the beginning of The Empire Strikes Back. So that... Tauntaun died because the Wampa attacked the Tauntaun. And we all know how painful that can be. <laughs> I spent a month there one night. <laughs> um, and so that, I mean, it, it was an unexpectedly touching story. Um, I, I like animals anyway, so it was kind of interesting. Um, they sort of set up the social dynamics of the Tauntaun packs and how the rebels are interlopers here on Hoth and kind of let you know a little bit about the ecosystem there on Hoth and how unforgiving it is and that the Tauntauns always huddle together for warmth because it's awful on Hoth. <laughs> you know, they only go out during the daytime when the sun's out and that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, it, it, was, it was a really good story. I'm about halfway through that book, so it follows chronologically with the movie. So there are several stories. The first, you know, several stories were things that were set on Hoth. Some of them were from the Empire's perspective. Some of them for, for, from the Rebels' perspective. And uh, one was a really good one about some X-Wing pilots um, making the, the run to get past the Imperial blockade on Hoth. Um, I'm just getting ready to read, or I'm just getting ready to read, a, just finish the story about Yoda. So we're getting into Dagobah, so we'll probably get into some training stuff. I, I wonder if there'll be like an Obi-Wan Kenobi story in there or something, or something from Luke's perspective. And then um, we'll get one for, uh, there'll be several stories obviously set in Cloud City from different characters in Cloud City's perspective. And uh, it's kind of funny, I... I read the uh, from a certain point of view for the A New Hope, and I had all these ideas that I came up with for stories from The Empire Strikes Back. And one of them that I came up with was called Dinner for the Dark Lord, which <laughs> was supposed to be about the poor chef who had to make the meal for the rebels and Darth Vader when they, you know, got interceded on Bespin. Oh man! And uh, there is a story. Uh, That's a great title, though. Uh, there's a story like What Does He Even Eat or something like that. Is I think. The title. So somebody had the same type of idea. 
Um, but after reading all these stories, then I came up with a list of Return of the Jedi stories. So maybe I'll write some Return of the Jedi stories. Or maybe I won't. Um, I haven't written anything for a while. Took a little bit of a break after uh, also starring Brock Calhoun and himself. But I've been listening to some writing podcasts the last couple of days. And I kind of have an idea now in my head for a book. So maybe I'll get back into my daily writing habit and uh, get a new project going. Um, I'm sure Howard will be fine with that as long as there's play breaks. As long as there's play, play breaks. Uh, I had an idea for a book a long time ago um, called The 30th Amendment. Um, and it was about them uh, changing the age that you had to be to get into the House of Representatives. House of Representatives. Um, and so that now they would choose the House of Representatives in like a reality show. And I worked on that a little bit today because that's the idea that's in my head right now. And I'm not sure about the feasibility of being able to make that work logistically, but I'm going to work on it a little bit. Um, see if I can make, but you know, you, you elect for more than 400 people of the house every two years. So how would you necessarily be able to do that in a reality show for every state? When you've got like in Indiana alone, you've got you know nine congressional districts. So how would you? Because it, it would be kind of like you select your representatives in a Big Brother type of show. You know they all like live in a house or whatever, and they all have different political philosophies. And then you elect your your person based on like app voting and text messages. And it's an interesting concept, but I'm not sure that it necessarily makes sense. So I'm going to work on it a little bit. Uh, work on the concept, and uh, if not, uh, then I will not work on it anymore. Uh, and then I do need to finish Inspector Willie, uh, which has been a long gestating project about our little turtle becoming oh, a detective. I really want you to finish that because it is super cute. It's really good. Uh, it does need to be rewritten, though, because um, when that book was started, now I changed the name of the dog, but we had a little whippet. Uh, that was his companion, but now he has a Chewini companion that's the Watson to his homes. And, uh, you know, we got to give a beefier role to the star of the show. It's got to be Howard. <laughs> so we'll see about that. Um, and maybe something else will strike my fancy. Maybe I'll, um, you know, I keep, I, I've submitted some work to some literary agents to maybe see if we can get that going again. And I did have a full request for a manuscript. Uh, that I submitted to somebody back in August last year that came an email last year or last week. And you see the email and you say, oh, it's a reply from such and such literary agency and you just expect it to open it. And it's usually the, well, thank you for submitting your work to us, but this is not right for us or, you know. Uh, this... Which it's nice that they even write you back because some people oh, some don't write them, you back. Some and of them leave are no response means no. So if you don't hear from us in six weeks, just assume we're not interested. Um, so it was nice to get a response. Um, but in this case, it was, hey, I find this idea intriguing. Send me the manuscript. So it's, you know, will it go any further than that uh, in my experience that I've had? Probably not. But it's still nice to not just get the, the no straight up. Because usually when I get an email to my author account that's from a literary agent or an editor that I've sent a project to, your default mode for opening that is to brace yourself for thanks but no thanks. So it's nice to... On occasion, get a, I like this idea and I like your writing, send us the, the whole thing. So, we'll see how that goes. Uh, anything else, uh, Anne? No. No? All right. Well, this will wrap up the 99th 
edition <gasps> of the Matt Adams Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Statomatty, S-T-A-T-O-M-A-T-T-Y. Just don't expect me to tweet much because I haven't tweeted anything in a long time. <laughs> or you can email me, Matt at MattAdamsWriter.com, Matt at MattAdamsWriter.com. And Anne, where can the people find you? Wherever Matt is. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Thank you.